Welcome back to the AmKiss podcast brought to you by the Bonjour Agency. This is the podcast where we speak to people in the independent school sector. AmKiss is the Association for Admissions, Marketing and Communications in Independent Schools. I'm Simon Jones and in this episode we have two guests both coming to us from Elton College. Now, earlier this year, AMKIS ran the Impact Awards, you'll probably remember hearing about that, and Eltham College won the Impact Award for Equity, Diversity and Inclusion, with something they'd done called Every Name Matters, an initiative that addressed the mispronunciation of pupils' names, which some said made them feel undignified, insecure or inferior. Now, I was very excited to hear about this because I have one of the easiest names in the world to get right, and so I needed to understand what it's like for others with harder to pronounce names. So if you're like me and you have an easy to pronounce name, or if your name is harder to say and you have a close association with this topic, then this is a podcast episode for you. Edward Funnell is the Head of Communications and Gideon Hammond is the lead on race, ethnicity and cultural heritage or REACH, and he's also a teacher of maths and physics. So come with me now as we step into Eltham College and we speak to Gideon and Edward about this initiative called Every Name Matters. Edward, Gideon, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, no, enjoying the sunshine. So um, it's definitely a, a positive to be at the podcast at the moment. Great stuff. I mean, it's great to have a good bit of sunshine. Just for the sake of people listening to this, we're recording this at the back end of summer holidays. It's uh, it's towards the end of August. Uh, and Edward and Gideon are both in school. We're recording this online. Uh, what, what's school life like when, there's, when, when there are no pupils there? Well, it's a lot quieter than term time, clearly. And it's a, it's a, it's a time of the year that we catch up on, um, uh, you know, th- preparations for the autumn term, uh, our open day season, uh, of course, it does get busy periodically at the tail end of August with uh, exam results uh, as a GCSEs and A-levels. But it's a time to school, it does, it, I call it the care and repair season, you know, sort of various maintenance, improvements, investment in new facilities and so on take place during the summer holidays. There's a good two months kind of slug of holiday period. Um, and, and in a sense, in the communications and marketing area as well, uh, you know, we get you know new collaterals ready make improvements to our website, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good period. And get some holiday, much wanted holiday after a busy academic year before. Rightly so, rightly so. And, and of course, Edward, in your role there as, as communications, I imagine that some of the people listening to this right now, they, they probably understand a little bit about what, what it means to be head of communications. But Gideon, I'm dying to know from yourself, you're the lead on race, ethnicity and cultural heritage. First of all, just tell us a little bit about what that means, would you? So essentially what I do around the school is I try and promote diversity and particularly through a lens of, as you said, race, race ethnicity and cultural heritage. So it's it's really important that we review and reflect on the stories that we tell and who tells these stories, as well as we take an appreciation of the kids that we've got at the school and try to inspire and present a hopeful future for all of the children um, that walk through our doors and that we educate on a daily basis. And that is through recognising that every child is different and has different experiences, but actually those differences can bring us close together and those differences are what make life so beautiful. I mean, clearly, you know, EDI is is, is gaining more and more attention, not just in schools, but in the media, yeah. in, in, in the world mm-hmm. as, as a whole and for all of the right reasons as well, uh, you know, as in it's, it's a great thing for us to be spending time on and focusing on. Um, tell us about the background at Eltham College and, and, and how long... Uh, how long EDI has been an important issue there for? Yeah, I think Eltham's in 
England and England uh, had a few years ago had the pandemic as well as the rest of the world and it was a bit of a almost like a pool of um, events which kind of happened all at the same time so we had obviously the pandemic which got the whole world thinking about our lives and what's valuable in our lives and um, as people shared different stories of how the pandemic affected them I think that really highlights that actually oh the pandemic is the pandemic across the world but how that affects individuals is different. So even though you could be in the same place then, you could be having a different experience, essentially was that told us. And I think that really resonated with schools. So as we, for example, at Eltham, drove Eltham at home, which was our response to providing the best education possible for the children whilst they're away. But of course, as well, sadly, we had the murder of George, George Floyd, which really pushed um, discussions around race in our society and then after that as well um we had everyone's invited was a way of articulating the concerns and experiences that people had had in schools in the uk and so when all those three things the pandemic george floyd and everyone's invited come together i think we really have a massively changed landscape for edi it's a good way of putting it thanks for that gideon Edward, just tell me a little bit then about uh, Every Name Matters, what, what that is as an initiative and what well, really in a nutshell, first of all, what it's all about. Yeah, I mean, I think it's worth saying that at Eltham College, we're a South East London school, day school. So, you know, we take people from across South East London boroughs and North Kent, you know, and that's quite a rich, diverse, you know, population, uh, if you like. Uh, you know, if we're talking about ethnicity, for example, then, uh, yes, there are lots of, you know, white kids and so on. But there are also lots from, from uh, you know, some of those will be from uh, other European countries. So they are, you know, living in the UK for some years. Uh, or uh, And then there are those, of course, from many ethnic minorities, you know, black, Asian uh, and other minorities, uh, uh, significant numbers living in, in, in the boroughs that surround our school. So, you know, one of the areas in terms of sort of the uh, sort of student surveys and stuff we did that came, one of the results that came through uh, that we felt we could address well was was name pronunciation. Because, you know, some people have, um, uh, you know, names that aren't always obviously how, obvious how you pronounce them. But but if you don't address those, then you go on saying, well, how do you pronounce your name again? And what's, what, 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 what should I call you? And all this kind of stuff. So it makes, it, we found that some students felt I, I don't think I'm going to go say as far as, as sort of marginalised, but certainly maybe less valued or less important as people, their identity uh, and, and their, their sort of social worth within school amongst, um, yes, their other students and, and their peer groups in their year group and so on, but also, you know, amongst the staff as well, who might say to, you know, Tom Jones, easy name to pronounce at the back of the class, you know, tell me what you think, but the name of that other child what are you how sorry what's your name again can you answer that question and it it would make them feel sort of less valued so every name matters as an initiative started uh, out of a research survey uh, and led us to, as a school to address you know through Gideon's good work uh, on this uh, uh, to develop a scheme to really inculcate name pronunciation at every level so there was never a reason uh, or even dare I say an excuse not to pronounce uh, a student's name uh, correctly, because you would have it ingrained as a form tutor, as a as a as a class teacher in maths or history, whatever it might be, um, and, and other students uh, could either know how your name was pronounced or check before they spoke to you how it was pronounced, and and therefore always remember that your 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 name would be pronounced this way. 
And um, some people have got maybe, you know, less easy to pronounce first names and then a straightforward surname or the other way around or both. So it was it was getting those right. Um, that was kind of core, core to the to the thing. And then second phase of that, of course, was promoting it and making people within the school aware of it and where to go and get get it and, and uh, get the information from and to use it in their daily life as a staff member or as a student. That's interesting. That came out as a result of a student survey. I, I hadn't realised that at all. I, I'd, I'd presumed wrongly that this was some kind of SLT initiative, um, you know, partly to do the right thing, but also, you know, we, we all like to be seen to be doing the right thing as well. But actually it being led from the results of a student survey in the first place kind of changes the importance of it in my mind. I mean, it was an official sort of official sort of school survey of, of students, yeah. um, but it was very much to get sort of student voice involved in, you know, how they how they were feeling about the school. Mm. This is it. So uh, essentially our response, back to the question you asked earlier, to COVID and um, Black Lives Matter and everyone's invited was to ask the students how they felt about being in the school and what their experience was like. And so, yes, we had another discussions on different areas of the school, but this is also something that the kids mentioned. And I think to, to those listeners as well, sometimes, at least when I first started this project, I thought, oh, how how big is the name? And I'm the lead of this. And even I thought, oh, but is it really as big of a deal as I'm making it out? But really and truly, for anyone listening, it really, it really, really is. I mean, I'm kind of telling to myself here, I know during my PGCE year, I was observed, as you are, and the person observing me after lessons said, oh, how do you think that went? And I said, I think really well, and so on and so forth. He said, do you think you ask any kids, what do you think your kind of uh, balance on the questions are? And I said, yeah, I think fair. And he said, I think you ask the boys more questions than you do the girls. And I thought, what? And I, when I thought about it, all that was, was the reason for that was because I knew the boys better. Because I knew their names, I coached them in rugby. And so just from that, just from knowing their names, that comfortability in order of how, how I went about teaching the class was evident for someone looking from an outwards perspective. And I think hopefully that story, even though I have told them myself a bit here, but I'm not, no one's perfect, um, really does illustrate the importance of knowing the child's name. It just, it's that initial window to connection. That's really interesting to hear that, Gideon. And, and thank you for sharing your own personal experience uh, of that. Tell me a bit more about why you feel it's so important to correctly pronounce someone's name. I mean, obviously we know that it is, and, and that is the whole reason for this initiative in the first place. But tell me a, li a little bit more detail behind that. What we, we kind of, at the school, really drummed in is a quote actually from Dale Carnegie, who um, wrote in How to Win Friends and Influence People. He says, um, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. And I think it kind of links to what I've said before as well. It really imbues and encapsulates the sense of belonging we are trying to achieve as a community, as a school, um, and across the community as far as from how we as teachers communicate with the children or to the parents, as well as staff who aren't as visible. So for example, the finance and HR teams who sometimes have to contact home, they've also said how much of a difference the project's made to just that initial interaction. Can I just say as well, I think, I think it can help, you know, dealing with 
parental interaction as well, because it might be that you've got a difficult, as a teacher, a difficult conversation with a, a parent over some matter about, you know, their, their child at the school. And if you already are able to say, you know, yes, Mr. You know, or Mrs. or whatever the, you know, the, the surname is, you're not getting off to a bad start if they say, well, actually, no, our surname is actually pronounced this. You know, it, it shows that the school is already aware, mm -hmm. you know, of, 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 of the family and, and, and their name pronunciation. So it, it's, it's one less possible thing to go wrong if you've got to have, you know, frank conversation with, a, with, with parents over some matter as well. So it, it, it's also got a sort of semi-external uh, benefit too, as well as sort of, st sort of student welfare. There's also, you know, external relations benefits. Now, sometimes, of course, children in school might have a name that's seen to be hard to pronounce to, to people who aren't familiar with it. And so they anglicise their name by having a name like, you know, Jack or John or something like that, which isn't their real name, but it's just a name that they like to use in school because it's because they recognise that it's easier for some other people to pronounce. How do you handle a situation like that? Because I'm guessing that's kind of what you're trying to overcome is that people don't need to have that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a very good question. I remember when I w was recording their names, I went out and found all the kids when they were playing games and in lessons and in form time. And I said, this is the project that we're doing. You've highlighted yourself as someone who gets their name pronounced incorrectly, or I've gone through the register and thought, oh, there's some potential here that teachers might get this wrong. And I could immediately see on their face, like, oh, sir, it's fine. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. I just, you know, that's the kind of the response they've built over the years. I encourage them to essentially go by the name that they want to be called. And so if a child says, no, I'm happy with whatever name they've chosen, that's fine. That is entirely fine. However, what I do encourage them to say is that, you know, this is, there is a time for change. And if people can say Rachmaninov and Tchaikovsky and Rhaenyra's Targaryen from their favorite TV shows or their favorite football players who might not have the most easy, easily pronounced names, we can certainly learn to say your name too. And that often, gives them enough uh, inspiration to, to, to get their name recorded. Gideon, I love that. I couldn't help but smile when, when, when you're talking about that because you're right. You know, we can all say Tchaikovsky. We can all say Rachmaninoff, some of the um, more popular culture names I, I might not be familiar with. But, but certainly, you know, these are names that we all get used to and then we don't have a problem saying them at all. I'm not a football fan, but, but you're absolutely right there. Tell me a bit about nicknames. And, you know, I'm thinking about the fact that when somebody has a nickname, it's often not a name that they've chosen to be called. By, by by their friends or by or by adults, um, but it seems to be often you know it, it evolves over time and it's just kind of given to them by the, by the collective majority. Really, does that interfere with an an initiative like this? I would say not so much, uh, because ultimately I think oftentimes anyway I'd hope a child has buy in as to what name they are called by the majority. Um, in terms of whether it appears on the Registration, that's no. Um, however, we do have ability to allow for each child to have their own expression in as far as, for example, a, ch a child named Charles might prefer, and off, maybe he's never called Charles, but he's, often, he's always called Charlie. And there is flexibility in our system to allow for that child to be known as Charlie, for example. Whereas I guess more colloquial between, the, between their friends or something that grows over time, that's not something that was so much focus on at the moment but it was a good question actually it gives us fruitful thoughts um going forward it is an interesting point isn't it and of course kids grow older you know as they grow older and i remember this from my own school days i suppose you know is, is that they they arrived as well to take i think in your question you know say the name like charles and then they 
said, well, maybe you just call me Charlie. I like being called Charlie. That's good. And then they sort of say, hey, I'm a bit cool now. I'm going to be called Chaz. You know, so Chaz becomes a thing, you know, and, and they almost self, they, they, they get that name running themselves, you know, with their mates because yeah. that's all part of their sort of peer group. So I think, and Gideon can disagree, if, you know, feel free. If, but I don't think that's, that's part of our every name matters sort of thing to, to capture that necessarily. It'll mm-hmm. be something that will, as they grow older, they arrive as an 11-year-old and they leave as an 18-year-old, you know, and in that time, they may change their name, their, their Christian name, a, a, a little bit to sort of identify with who they feel they are at that at that point. Does that does that make sense? It does. Yeah. So, quick follow up question then: If if I was a member of staff at, at Eltham College, and and I knew that a child had a nickname, and and you know even if it's only a slight deviation from their from their real name, should I still be using their real name that that's been captured and recorded, or sh- or should I be using more of a nickname? Or, or actually, bigger question, should a, should a member of staff never use a nickname for a child in, in school? I do remember when I was training to be a teacher, they said, you don't want to make any child feel as though, say this very carefully, they're special. And that's what I mean by that is above everyone else. Obviously, every child is special and we need to take them at individuality, but not above everyone else. And so they actively discouraged us using nicknames with the children. I guess my personal take on it is, is again, it's about relationships. You can, <laughs> some teachers can probably try and call a child their nickname and then that child would shoot daggers at them. But then another teacher could call that child a nickname and then it's, what's the problem? You know, so I guess it's very relational and that's that does come back to the project where the names do have value to each individual who carries them. Maybe it's that teachers should be consistent, I suppose. You know, if they're, so if they're not using nicknames, then they're not using nicknames as opposed to I'll, I'll call, you know, I'll call Simon by his nickname, but I won't call Gideon by his nickname or something, you know, or something, you know, that, 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 to, which might indicate some kind of I know more about that one and that, that student or I get on better with it. Is it a sign of over familiarity or familiarity that I haven't got with that pupil? And what do, what do others think of perceive about that? So maybe that's a... Uh, uh, an area to tread with slight caution. Edward, tell me a little bit about rolling this out. I mean, w- was it complicated to to execute this initiative in the first place? Did you get any pushback, either publicly or privately, from any members of staff? I'm not aware of any resistance uh, to the to, to the project, to the to the program. I mean, it was basically um, in terms of in terms of making it happen. I mean, a lot of a lot of that push was done by by in fact by Gideon and and others on the SLT, yes, who supported the initiative, you know, and put and helped. So our deputy head pastoral, for example, our head of well-being were, were players in this. Our head of admissions was a player in this as well, you know, from the sort of admissions perspective. So, you know, with those kind of endorsers, sponsor, project sponsors internally, um, you know, Gideon was able to roll this out. I remember going to a head of departments meeting where Gideon was given a slot and talking to, you know, it didn't all happen overnight, of course. It happened, you know, it was built, as it were. So, so you know, Gideon to be talking about the next milestone and the deadline for, you know, submitting the, ne- the next stage, whatever that heads of department would be responsible for, or, you know, tutors and so on. So making that scheme happen was very much Gideon's work with SLT and, and heads of well-being, deputy head pastoral sort of support and sponsorship. Then there came the sort of the, the, the rollout. And by that stage, the scheme had largely been 
built, to be honest. But what we sought to do from in our sort of communication department was to promote it around the school, to find ways of communicating, uh, you know, with, with students, with staff, and ultimately then externally uh, to, to places like Amkis. You know, the 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 you know the, the the benefits of the scheme to give it a name, to come up with a name. You know, and how do we come up with a name? Every name matters. It was one of those, it wasn't an expensive branding agency. It wasn't any agency at all. It was in the communications department after discussion with, you know, with, with, with Gideon in particular, you know, and it was, you know, those three words kind of summed it up. You know, it was about everyone, you know, it was about names um, and it was about being valued. So every name matters seemed very sort of logical and straightforward a name and, and, and it would also resonate, you know, and I suppose there are other advertising slogans about every journey matters or whatever else maybe maybe somewhere in the subconscious that came through in our discussions but it was one of those which we got to through discussing the, the scheme and what we called it and I suppose if it hadn't been that you know it might have might have had a more erudite or even dull kind of name pronunciation project initiative you know something you know or you know nappy for short I don't know whatever so that didn't that didn't feel you know not another acronym please not another acronym but I mean look teachers are very busy and they've got lots of things coming at them you know students teaching lesson preparation and sometimes communications departments as well nagging them for things uh, uh, but but so in terms of resistance I think this was you know broadly welcomed and they fitted it in because it wasn't trying to build Rome overnight in one day it was a you know, it, it was an initiative built over um, a little bit of time, but uh, uh, and then and then we then sought to kind of maximise its uh, profile and proliferation in 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 the school. And of course, some of the people who are listening to this right now will be involved in their own school's admissions processes. Uh, tell me a bit about how this initiative has been integrated into Eltham College's admissions process. So we've got an excellent admissions team led by Caro St Clair Charles, and essentially, I just approached her and told her what we were what what the plan was and she was great she said this is how do you not think of it sooner which is often actually the response we get when people hear about this initiative um, and then we sat down looked at key dates in the diary of when children who have accepted a place at the school would have their first engagements with the school and then we said okay well how can we identify these children in advance of them arriving at the school? And then how can we get these recordings as soon as possible? So we've got a process flow which runs on a yearly basis and actually um, she's got full control and autonomy over after working in conjunction with her. And essentially it's really built into the admissions process now to the point where it runs on its, runs on its own and it runs smoothly and we get plaudits and congratulations and celebrations from the parents who really value the project and appreciate what Elton is trying to do. And uh, if I asked you the question, do you think this is something that all schools should introduce, then I'm going to guess that you would both say yes, very much so. But what would you say to those schools, you know, in terms of how they can go about getting uh, staff buy-in or, or preparing before they actually launch it? What would you say to other schools? I would say to listen back to some of what we said here I think the arguments we've made are hopefully quite clear and just to really reflect on how we build relationships with people because that's essentially what this project's about and we build relationships with people by knowing them and one of the easiest things you can know about someone is what they say to you oftentimes the very first time they meet you which is their name because through their name in some cultures that your know, names are hold a real weight um, and therefore, if you can just 
use someone's name correctly, it just goes so far beyond probably our initial imaginations. And it really is the beginning to building a strong relationship with people. I think the other thing is is to sort of, you know, be clear of the objective, you know, what you what the end goal is. And there is a end there is an end not even a goal, end prize, as I think we found out, you know, in terms of the benefit that sort of Gideon's been talking about there in terms of sort of value and worth that students feel. But also, uh, you know, don't do it overnight. You know, do plan it and, and do it step by step because, you know, teachers are busy, other support staff are busy, and, you know, school life is very hectic, you know, driven by the timetable and the calendar. So, you know, do it step by step and have milestones and, and uh, you know, don't build Rome in the day, but just be, but make sure someone's got responsibility for it and the buy-in to do it, you know, they're not having to forage alone in the forest and feel you know, rebuffed or whatever. They know they've got the backing of the senior leadership team in in, in doing what they're doing, as as Gideon did have, uh, and and then you know you, you you will you will get there. You know, um, uh, uh, because the the prize is is worth having. And actually, one more thing, I think I would also say that the responsibility should be devolved. So when we initially did the project, and obviously it's the first time it's done, been done, maybe across the country. For the most part, I ran around trying to find all the kids. And this was about nearly 300 children. And on reflection, if I could do it again, I would definitely use the staff, who all of which have been super supportive of this project, I would use them to essentially get the project done not only more quickly, but also it shows the children that this gets a, this is getting a buy not from just that man with the microphone who runs around asking for people's names, but by 20, 30 staff who are all asking the children to do and to engage in the project. So it's been fantastic hearing about all of this. And it's it, it, to me, it's really opened my eyes, opened my ears, of course, as well, uh, regarding this this whole initiative. If, if a school is listening to this right now and they're thinking, well, maybe we should go about doing something like this ourselves, maybe maybe they'd like to find out more about how you went about, you know, capturing those recordings, where you stored them, what your processes were. Um, how happy are you for any other schools to get in touch with either of you? We've, we've had one or two queries, you know, in fact, on, on the back of the AMCIS award that we were obviously very honoured and privileged and delighted to win um, early, earlier in the year at the annual uh, conference and award ceremony so yeah on the back of that we had some inquiries and we're you know we're happy to you know give, give some outline advice in in terms of um how they could do it you know obviously different schools have different systems or processes or have different operating contexts, shall we say you know which two schools are identical i don't know but but we can certainly you know try and give some steps and and uh give people some advice uh, to to, to uh, what was done, but you know, in terms of did we buy expensive recording equipment or a suite, a studio suite or something? No, you know, it was just a simple microphone and and a, and a and a recording box or something. And and people said, you know, whatever their name was, my name is John Smith or whatever it was, you know, uh, into that into that, and that voice was then stored and recorded and and then put on, um, you know, the systems around the school that that tutors use. Yeah, in terms of being contacted, definitely entirely open to that, and actually. The beautiful thing about this project is that it's not just for Elton College, it's for any school who wants to push forward with it, making their school more inclusive and, and making a, a small change, which can make a massive difference. We've also been, hopefully you can mention this here, we've been featured in another podcast as well. Oh, is that, can we say that? I don't know, we'll see. <laughs> uh, we featured another podcast by Education Choices magazine, uh, as well as a double page spread in there as well. So... You can have a look in the spring edition of this year of 2023. And also we've 
written the article in the TES. So that's somewhere where you could also go and to to read about the project. Maybe the details that we might have missed here, for example. Um, but ultimately, yes, be entirely open for contact. For sure. Fantastic. Well, what I'll do then is uh, we'll we'll put links to your contact details, if that's okay, in the show notes for this podcast episode, uh, along with links to those other things that you talked about, like the other podcast and and the, and the TES uh, article as well. But in the meantime, Edward and Gideon, it's been fantastic talking to you both. Really appreciate that, especially during summer holidays here. Um, and I just want to say thank you for for being here and talking to us today. It's been great to be here and and to chat this through. It's been been, been really enjoyable, really really good value. Thank you. Thank you so much, Simon. Really appreciate it. Thank you. So that was Gideon Hammond and Edward Funnell talking about Every Name Matters. A big thank you to both of them for being with us today. You know, I could have talked to them for the whole afternoon on this subject, but I have to respect their time. Don't forget, you can get in touch with them by checking out the show notes for this episode or simply go to the school's website. Now, just a reminder, AMKIS is the Association for Admissions, Marketing and Communications in Independent Schools. For more information about AMKIS, just visit A-M-C-I-S, amkis.co.uk. That's www.amkis.co.uk. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.